Welcome, everybody, to the House of Hustle podcast here on Sports Radio 810. We're presented by Charlie Hustle. It is me, Jared Sutton, and it's my co-host, Stephen St. John. That's really weird to say. Uh, but we, we are here presenting the Charlie Hustle House of Hustle podcast. We're going to dive into everything basketball. That That it is a st- nonstop shop of, of basketball. We're going to talk college basketball, NBA, high school, women's basketball. You name it, we're going to cover it. Steven, how fired up are you? I'm pretty excited for this. I'm very fired up. I already not for this episode, but I already booked our first guest. I already booked <laughs> Sophie Cunningham. <laughs> the boom. Good. Good. I asked her on the air and she said yes. Perfect. And so at some point we're gonna have Sophie Cunningham on this uh on this podcast. So I'm really excited. And I know uh you got your name in life. I know this Jared is Sutton. I, I was not expecting that. What, and I, what, would, I mean, what would Ellen and Dell Sutton, your parents, say about this? They'd be very excited, wouldn't they? They'd be pretty excited. Yeah. Okay. Like I came out, it was like, wait, I'm used to like you. I, I think you would make the actual cut no, no. here. It's like to have my name. No, no. This kinda, is what I want. Throwing me off here. Two things I want here. At some point in this podcast, I want Dell Sutton to sing. That's happening and for I think sure. We should yeah. have like a like a theme song where he sings, <laughs> like an '80s kind of sitcom TV. Kind of like about, some intro music you know, to House of Hustle, yeah. and just talk, sings about basketball. Yep. And then I want uh, Ellen to bring in Breakfast Casserole. Which That's got to happen for two years, and that yeah, still for some reason doesn't happen ever again. Yep. And so we're so so basically, I want you to tell people. Um, about you and about your background with basketball, because like you said, this podcast is going to be all basketball, whether it's NBA, whether it's college, Big 12, SEC, high school, women's basketball. We might throw some youth basketball in there, AAU, whatever. We're not going to be confined by anything. We're going to talk basketball, and it's going to be designed for people that love basketball. So let's get your background, because you're the perfect person to have a basketball podcast uh, you played high school basketball, Oak Park, uh, and then obviously you, you, you go to Mizzou, you walk on to Mizzou and become a player at the University of Missouri, and now you work in the NBA. So I've kind of given the tent poles there yep. of your background in basketball. Take us through uh, Jarrett Sutton and your life in basketball, which uh, has led to your name in lights right here <laughs> at the Sports Radio 810 Podcast Studio. Well, and so we're both Northlanders, so uh, you know, got to throw that out there. That's that's really the the connection here. But yeah, the only reason I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> So went to Oak Park, um, you know, 2007 I graduated, um, played college or high school basketball uh, at Oak Park, and then also played for the Kansas City Pumas um, back in the day. They're now the Pacers. Um, so so that was that like an AAU? It was an AAU. It was a startup AAU program, so actually. some other names. Who were some other Pumas that we might remember? Um, any? Let's see. So Landry Shamit would okay. be the, the first first name well, that, that's, that's at the top one. of the list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and actually, it's kind of crazy because I saw Landry as a middle school kid, and I knew he was really talented, and that was when I was a junior in high school uh, playing and we so we would always practice out in Riverside uh, by Argosy Casino yeah and uh, so that's really kind of um, it's interesting to look back on that because now as a scout and a talent evaluator you know I start to look at qualities of of players that are real I see a lot of high school players at the McDonald's All-American game Jordan brand classic you know all these high school events that I go to Peach Jam is a big one with the EYBL and I'm like having flashbacks to when I was playing as an AU player, seeing Landry Shamit, knowing that he was going to be really good, but and then that, sure that enough, he goes to Wichita State, and now he's a pro, and all the the whole bit. Like he was, that, not everyone knew like that's this future NBA player, right? Because right. he 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 wasn't. I mean, he went to Wichita State. There's a lot of schools that missed Correct. on him. Correct. Right? Well, and. I would say a lot of AAU programs, right? Because AAU programs recruit, and he, you know, there wasn't the Mocans knocking on the door or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and he had a great connection with uh, our our coach and contact that was our shooting instructor that kind of recruited him a little bit. He went to Park Hill, obviously, so um, there was that tie into just the Northland. And as I've always said, there's a lot of really good talent that comes out of Kansas City. I think sometimes uh, gets missed. Ochai Baji would be one of those as well. Uh, Given that, that to the Oak Park, got to get the badge of honor for Oak Park, but. Yeah, so I finished playing um, ball at at, uh, at Oak Park, and you know I I was um, an all state player, but I I wasn't a great athlete. Um, I was a shooter. Uh, I came from a program that was very old school. Uh, we we our, our high school coach um, was very much a disciplinarian, very tough minded. What was your coach's Di- name? Fred Turner. Um, Fred Turner. Coach T. Um, learned so much from him though, and I, I really needed Coach Turner when I was a freshman. You know, growing up and developing as a player and developing as a person, uh, he really shined a light on just 
I think I was a little soft when I got to high school, and, and I, I wasn't soft by the time I left high school. And, and, you know, not to say Coach A didn't really value shooting, but it was very different of just how we played. Uh, our games were kind of like Big Ten basketball games, right? The games were low scoring, a lot of delay, but our defense was always tough, and he taught me to play defense because if I didn't defend, I didn't play. Um, so there was lots to learn from Coach T. And I left high school, and I got a lot of Division II offers. That was pretty much my my realm of offers. I had a small Division I offer. Um, my my biggest offer really uh, was to Arkansas Little Rock. That was kind of my, my biggest offer, I would say. Uh, didn't go on a visit. I was very naive, I think, in high school of just not really going around and seeing colleges. So were you just not interested in Arkansas Little Rock? No, I, and I, like, I don't, I don't I, want I that. wasn't, and both my brothers had gone to Mizzou, so I just, Mizzou was kind of all I knew. So um, you were a big Mizzou fan. Yeah, well, I was a big college basketball fan growing up. Right. And then as I got older and my brothers went to Mizzou, Kareem Rush came into my life right when he was at Pembroke Hill, right? And when, I went to see him at the William Jewell Classic. And that's really when I was like, wait a second, like I, I, I'm really drawn to this guy because he's so good, and he's, I knew he was going to be an NBA player, and it was like my first like moment of seeing an in, what I knew was going to be an NBA player at that that moment, and everybody knew about Jaron. So with Kareem, I followed him to Mizzou, and that's really what sparked like watching those Mizzou teams with Quinn Cla- Snyder, yeah, with Quinn Snyder, with uh, with Coach Q and Clarence Gilbert, Ricky Paulding, you know, all those guys, Trayvon Bryant, who now is a coach and um, you know doing. His own thing now in the NBA, which is really cool to, to watch. But you know, that's when I re- when I really fell in love with Mizzou, um, and I always was kind of thinking about the walk-on process. But my parents were very much like, "Hey, as parents would, like you're, you got an opportunity to go play at Northwest Missouri State or Ooh. Washburn. You should go look into that." I went and tried out and and played really well too. Like I would go play in scrimmages against like some of the players that they had and they had open scrimmages. I don't even think you can do that now, but I played really well. So I knew I could play at the Division II level and I went back and forth and I thought, well, if I can, if I'm playing really well in these scrimmages and I'm shooting the ball really well and I can translate right away, it gave me so much confidence to where I'm like, well, look, I, I think I can go walk on at Mizzou, which is very naive, right? Like I, I didn't have any offers. I had highlight tapes like most kids make. Uh, but when I went to Columbia, you know, I, my whole thought was I didn't know the coaches, and I was just going to try to make it in the, the walk-on process, which now, I don't know if they still do it, but back then you had to have an open tryout uh, for, for walk-ons. And most times coaches didn't take walk-ons. And for me, I was training at the, at the student rec center. I was running sprints in the morning. I was getting up early so before class. you enrolled class. at Mizzou. You already went to Mizzou. Yeah, enrolled at Mizzou. Um, I was just going to go down there. I had buddies that went to Mizzou. And so I enroll. I start classes. And my whole process is I'm going to walk on. And I was going to the student rec center, running sprints, playing pickup, um, doing everything I can every day to try to get ready for the walk-on tryout. And a walk-on tryout is is just one one day. It's, it's a two-hour uh, workout. And so I'm, I'm training before that, and Mike Anderson and his coaches – are playing pickup and Coach A played in college and at this point like Coach A was in shape, could still play, very competitive, and he was playing twice a week at the rec center with professors. They had a professor's run. So it was different. I had actually had a professor that I right. that, that was a teacher of mine that played in this run. Um, there was a minister in town that that came and played. It was really fun. But they needed the the day that I got in this pickup run I was. It was about seven thirty in the morning, and I was running sprints on the side, and I was doing some light shooting before I had an eight thirty class. And they needed an extra. They had nine, and they needed a tenth. And Jeff Daniels, who was the director of basketball operations at the time, just ran over to my side and said, "Hey, will you jump in?" And I see Coach A, and I see some other. T.J. Cleveland was there. Jeff Daniels was there. So I jump in the the, the actual pickup game. I actually missed my class that day because I'm like, "Look, Coach A is playing in this." I need to be playing right now. Right. I need to get in this. So I start playing up and down. I think I hit like six or seven threes in this pickup run. Coach, Were you on his team against? No, himself? we played against each other, and that proceed that that ended up being how it went for about four to five weeks, where he guarded me, I guarded him, and the walk on tryout was in like late October. And this is Mike Anderson, Mike the Anderson. head coach of Mizzou, is guarding yes. you. And I, you know, I, I knew who he was, yeah. and of course he didn't know me at all, um, but I didn't want to, I, I knew it was just, I wanted to get up and down and just let him know that, you know, 
I was a player and I, I, it was an opportunity for me to prove myself over the course of time instead of just going to a walk-on try where anybody and everybody's there and you get one shot and it's a couple hours. You never know how it's going to go. Right. You're trying to plant so, the seeds so, instead. Okay. Yeah. So it's a little bit strategic of like, I know Coach A is playing in this pickup run. They want me to play. Maybe they'll ask me to come back. If I play well and just you know give to the to the pickup run, and obviously every pickup run's different, right? I didn't want to be overly competitive. I didn't want to be the guy that they're like, no, we can't have this guy come back. So by the end of that first pickup run, I played really well. Me and Coach A competed against each other, and then as I'm taking off my shoes, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to run back to the shower. Jeff Daniels stops me and says, "Are you going to come back?" And like we play on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Is the, so is he the Dobo or what he's the Dobo? Game? He's the okay, Dobo. TJ Cleveland was an assistant. He was an coach. assistant. Okay. Yep. So and um, then our, our strength coach David Dietz also played as well. By the way, Dobo, <laughs> director of basketball operations. That's basketball lingo. You're here on House of Hustle. That would be Steven's role right. if he could. I mean, if he could be a Dobo. I'd like to be. I'm the Dobo. I was the Dobo for St. Gabe's, and now I'm the head coach. Which you've been promoted. That's a big. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. So the long story short of this, though, is I'm at Mizzou. I didn't know how this was going to go in terms of making the team, Um, because obviously I was just playing pickup games, and I didn't know what that would. I, I, me, and Coach A got into some battles in terms of you know competitive games. We play. We we play for an hour and a half. But really, when I knew that I had earned his respect, there was this moment that sticks out in time, and he's he confirmed this. We're play- this is probably two weeks leading up to the walk-on tryout. We've been playing pickup for about a month. I've gotten to know the guys pretty well. I've gotten to know Coach A a little bit, but he's pretty tough to read, which I loved. Uh, he was very tough. He was very hard to, hard to read. You got a guy uh, like a jerk. <laughs> I got to get that bear, you know. Yeah. That, that's, his, that's his line. But he, uh, he, there was a play where I was driving the ball. I, like I got a rebound off a missed shot, and I forced him to take a bad shot. And I'm I'm kind of weaving in and out of traffic. Game point on the line, by the way. And I go in to shoot this layup. And Coach A is strong. Like, he is physical. And he gives me an absolute elbow to my ribs. And I went flying. Yeah. Like, I went off the court onto my back and slid onto the other court. And if you know the Mizzou Rec Center, like, the courts are right next to each other. Right. So I get, he, he basically throws me knocks midair, me knocks, knocks me down. I don't, I, didn't, I don't think I made the bucket. It was, like, he's, he, it's game point. So he's, like, old school... And I didn't call a foul. I, I didn't call it. It was a foul. It, one of my, of course, the professors called it, and they got into a big argument. I didn't say a word. I got up. I went right to my spot on the block because I was a shooter, and I'd come off pin downs. And he put his fist out and gave me like some knuckles and like slapped me on the on the butt. And like I think he respected that. I didn't. I didn't flinch. I didn't. They didn't make a call. Yeah. I just got up and I went back. And I thought at that point, like, I think Coach A, I think there's a, a connection here. Like, I, because I loved how hard he played and he was good. I mean, he, he was really good. He, he gave me some, some business too, like putting me on the block, post ups, baby hooks over the top of me. Like, he was, he was really good. And I think there was just a mutual respect. It was very competitive. And it was the week before the walk on tryout where um, Jeff Daniels said, Hey, you know, there's a walk on tryout coming up. Are you planning to walk on? And I said, yeah, I was. And he goes, well, I think you should. And at that point, I knew, I think I have a really good chance. So how many people show up to this walk-on trying to get on the team? So it's like a high school tryout where there are guys, there was an an exchange student um, that was from China that was a part of the walk-on tryout, couldn't dribble a ball. That was, you know, like there's, there's, there's those type of guys that jump on you know, this walk-on tryout, because they don't really understand. So anyone can try Anybody out. Okay. can try out, but right. you have to go through extensive paperwork. You have to take a physical. you got to be a student. you got to, yeah, right. there's a lot of things that go into okay. you. you got to have all your paperwork in at a certain time. But you don't have to dribble, apparently. Yeah. You don't have to not a dribble. But okay. he actually was a, a part of, like, a. we had to do a three-man weave, and I got stuck with this guy, and we couldn't even complete the three-man right. weave because he, he couldn't do it. So there's just those things, like the factors that you can't control that are part of a walk-on tryout. And I actually didn't play well in the walk-on tryout. I didn't shoot the ball that well. Uh, one-on-one, there was a guy that uh, was a really good player out of St. Louis that actually was really, really good, and, and he, he played better than me in the walk-on tryout, to be completely honest. But Did they say how many they were taking? I didn't think they were going to take anybody. They okay. didn't. They didn't take anybody the year prior. So they didn't have to take but, anybody. But, okay, but uh, Nick Berardini, who was the walk-on prior to me, had left. And they, so they had an open spot. But I didn't think they would fill it. I, you know, I didn't know if they were going to be at full a full roster. Um, I, I, 
I wasn't thinking too far ahead. I was focused on the tryout. I felt that if I was good enough, Coach A was going to give me a shot. But the, the reality was, after the walk-on tryout got, got completed, I really didn't think I had earned, done enough to earn the spot. I really think I made the team because of all the time that was spent at the rec center. So how did they tell you then? So it was about four days after the walk-on tryout. And Kim English, Lawrence Bowers, Marcus Dem, and Damari Carroll, were all, were, they were all at the walk-on tryout. So there was a little bit of that, like... The the current guys are there. There was a it was um so the, it was did stressful. Did they have say in it though? They don't have say in it. The players did, but they wanted to they, they wanted to see uh, after the fact. Lawrence said that Coach A had told them about me, right. and they were coming actually to watch me. They were there to see everybody, but Coach A had told them there's this kid that I think we're going to take, um, and Adam, and he's going to come to the walk on trout. I want you guys to check him out. So after they had a workout, and then we practiced after that. We had the walk on trout after their workout, and they stayed around, and I didn't play that well, and. After the after about three days, I had not received a call, and I thought, oh, man, I don't think I, I had made it. And then TJ Cleveland called and said, we want you to come and practice with us. We don't know if we're keeping anybody, but we want you to come for two practices. And so I came first practice. It was a Saturday. I come to Mizzou Arena, and I meet with the equipment guy. He gets me my practice jersey also, but I don't have a locker. I don't like they're you just nervous, like, yeah, scared. Was, oh, it was the most terrifying experience. I mean, looking back, I'm like, I remember just the feeling going into that practice of like, oh my God. I mean, I've gotten to the step I wanted to get to. It's still not finalized yet if I'm going to actually make this team. And so I go to the practice, and the practice is like a, a legit, you know, they're, they're working out. Like it's, it's a, they're doing three on three full court. They're doing five on five stuff. They're teaching different things. I guards forwards. I, I I was with the guards. I don't know a soul. Like I'm behind Marcus Denman and one on one drills. But Coach A did a drill early on in practice that I knew was going to be the drill that like tested if I was going to make it. Uh, I had to guard Damari Carroll in a one on one full court junkyard dog. Junkyard dog. NBA player. And he just wanted to see how I'd react. So he, he goes, Jared, get in there, guard Damari. And it was one-on-one full court because we played, obviously, we were fast-paced, fastest 40. So our drills in practice were like full speed, full court. And you got to guard him. And I got to guard him. And I, I, the thing about it, though, Steven, was like I had run so many sprints. Like I, I conditioned so hard. And that still wasn't enough to even translate to what it was like to practice with Mizzou those first two days. I was so unbelievably sore after those first two days. With the amount of running and like it was just it's just a different different world. It's different than high school. And my high school practices were three three and a half hours, and we would run sprints all the time. So to to translate that to guarding Damari Carroll was just such a huge out of body experience because it was a different challenge. And it just goes to show you like going from high school to college is a such a massive jump. So I'm guarding Damari Carroll. And he exposed the ball just a little bit. I think he thought he could just like rock me to sleep right. and like just He's attack alive. me physically. Yeah. He exposed the ball. I deflected the ball just enough to where it kind of went away from him. <laughs> and I thought, this is my shot. So I went full dive. And there was con- they hadn't had the bleachers out yet, so there was concrete. Oh, it was what? concrete to the wood. And I jumped. I didn't get the ball, but I dove off the floor. Damari's able to secure it. And I, got off- I-, I dove off the floor, got back up, got back in the play, and went and fouled him and didn't give him a layup. And all of the, like, Kim English and Marcus and Zaire were like, that was big time. Like, you, you got back in the play. And, and like, they were kind of riled me up a little bit. So I felt like they were trying to welcome me a little bit. I think they, I think I earned a little respect. I think I earned some of Damari's respect too. Of I dove on the floor and he had an easy layup. It's, it's, it's one on one full court. Right. And then I got back in the play and fouled him and, and, you know, didn't give up the, the layup is, is really what it came down to. I shot it well in that practice. That was that was the good thing. Is like for the first day, I just wanted to shoot the ball well because I knew that was my role, and I shot it really well. And then I had a second practice the next day. Monday was a day off. Still wasn't sure if I'd made the team. And then TJ said, "We're welcoming you. You're a part of the group. Um, done a great job through the process, and kind of a welcome to the team thing. And you know, you'll, you'll show up tomorrow." Um, first day of practice, be ready to go. How many years were you on the team? Four years and earned a full ride scholarship after my, I was a walk on. So after my first year, and I mean, that 08, 09 year is kind of to back to your original comments about like high school to college to now working as a scout. That 08, 09 year changed my life entirely. 
Um, like I was a solid high school player. I played year-round basketball. Basketball was my thing. Played AAU, played fall ball, spring, year-round basketball. I didn't think I was going to be athletic enough, good enough. Um, I, I mean, I was. A, I, I knew I could shoot the ball, and I give a, a ton of credit to the coaches that I had that developed me into a shooter because I was really big in middle school. I was a 4-5, but really I was a guard in high school. Um, and I, I give my parents a lot of credit, too, for – you know, really pushing me to pursue my dreams because they knew I wanted to go play at Mizzou and they knew I was stuck in between. I wanted to play, but I didn't really want to play at the Division II level. I wanted to go as far as I could. And if that meant sitting at the, at the end of a bench and being on a great team, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to Mizzou. I wanted the, the education piece of it, but I also wanted to try to play at the highest level I could play at. And I don't think I would have gotten there if it wasn't the support of my parents and pushing me to get to my goals and chasing those dreams. But 0809, I make the team in the most crazy way possible. I mean, how to make the team from a rec from the rec center to making the team through the tryout to then 0809, like before, the year prior, there was the Stefan Hanna situation where off the floor turmoil. Um, you know, JT Tiller telling me it was the worst locker room where got guy there, the locker room was terrible. It was not a great environment. They had talent. Jason Horton, a part of those teams, you know, like Daryl Butterfield, like those those oh, teams. Geez. You know, that, that was a that was a team that had guys, but they had a lot of issues off the floor. Oh eight, oh nine, we go to the Elite Eight. You know, we win a Big Twelve championship in Oklahoma City. Um, my freshman class is Steve Moore, Marcus Denman, Kim English, Lawrence Bowers, like guys that are best friends, brothers of mine. That part, but then also to like accomplish a goal that was a dream of mine. The the amount of work that went into that, the amount of time, the the sacrifices that went into that, like just I, I don't want to like go back to the the movie Rudy because there's some scenes in Rudy you that were like basketball Rudy it, 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 a little bit, but like you know I I thought I was you know good enough to you have to be good enough to play so but you have to have like an unselfishness to know. You're there for a reason. That's to get guys better in practice, to make great grades, to like maintain. There's you know there's no distractions or maintenance with you. You're there to be a great team guy, to study the game, to be resources for coaches, to to play as much as I played my freshman year. Like I think I scored 21 points my freshman year as a walk on. That's insane. You know, like right. to get in a game, to make threes. Um, to be a part of that group that won 31 games and then to be a part of the most wins in school history, uh, earn a full ride scholarship. All those memories are all, all stem back to the work ethic and everything that like was taught to me in high school. And then Coach A giving me the opportunity and earning his trust and earning his respect. And that's helped me after college. That's how I got to being a scout because I had to start from the ground level. I had to work in Santa Cruz, California for the Golden State Warriors, working in a hotel room of all, or living in a hotel room of all things, working in the D League, not glamorous. I loved the game. Like I, I knew I wanted to evaluate talent when I went out to Santa Cruz. And I knew it was going to be a, a, a bear. Um, Brian Scalabrini was the, the best I think I, in terms of like advice, Scal's now the the color commentator of the Boston Celtics, the the you know the Mamba, if you will, the White Mamba. Um, he's the he's the guy that got me into scouting because when I worked in the in the D League, there was a chance for me to go back to Santa Cruz for a second year, and he said, "Look, you're going to get stuck here. If you were smart, I think you should go back to Kansas City. You've done enough here. You've learned. You've under you, you, your ability to evaluate from a player personnel personnel standpoint is very good. You need to start meeting people. And he already had some broadcast experience. And it was the launch of the SEC Network in 2014. And Ben Arnett and Mizzou had contacted me and said, "Hey, would you want to do some broadcasting for the SEC?" I had no broadcast experience. I was a business major. I had a master's in education. I thought I was going to coach in high school. That was my like path. And then, you know, my path went in a different direction. I, I moved back from California, and this is my first year out of college or second year out of college. And I start broadcasting games. And Scal was right because I met so many people through the broadcast. And Coach A was so helpful because he introduced me to so many different coaches across the SEC because he was at Arkansas. 
Um, so I was meeting so many coaches through broadcast and I was, you know, part of the SEC network. I was the SEC plus. So it was, you know, it was kind of the off brand of the SEC, but it didn't matter because I was meeting so many people and I was scouting on my own. I was doing player reports. I was sending them to all teams. I must have sent an email every week to every NBA team. So you're just doing scouting reports on your own. On my for own. nobody. For nobody. For free. And you're, you're sending them out to people. So I'm trying to see who, you know, because I didn't want to be the guy that was sending emails to these NBA contacts and executives saying, well, I want a job and I want to work right. in the NBA. Like, everybody wants a job in the NBA. I wanted to send work. I wanted to see I wanted them to see what I could do. I wanted to see them because intel gathering and evaluation is a part of being a scout. Like but you don't know if they're going to look at it. You had the right. Context, I don't even know. Maybe? I had the right. I started right. to build context, and I didn't know what they wanted to see. Like it's not like a playbook of like this is step A and step B right. and step C. Like you just got to throw yourself in the fire and figure it out. And there's there's no hand holding. And so who bit? Who 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 returned your email? Or who, I, who I got a lot of. So I think the um, so long story. Gar Foreman, who ran the Bulls, okay. um, was like the first general manager that responded back to me, and gave me like a quick response of like, "This is really good work. Keep it up." Um, and it was very like dry. It was very very short. Um, but just to get a GM to respond, that's correct. a big deal. You never know. Correct. Um, there was a lot of director of player personnel guys that were around. Matt Bolero, who ran the Bucks, who's now he's a agent now, but he was a director of scouting with the Bucks. Uh, he was with the Timberwolves at the time. I was sending him a lot of work, um, trying to just get some some insight of of you know what what he was looking for and if this if these projects were did they matter were they valuable gary Sachs is a mentor of mine he was an assistant gm with the la clippers uh, for years and now he's working uh in charlotte he's their director of pro personnel uh, he was probably my my biggest confidant because i was sending him work and he was actually using it and he would tell me like hey this stuff is great please keep sending it us we'll i'll keep you in mind if we have anything and so it started to build and then they started making then i started making connections through all these contacts and i would fly my every every spring during the combine and this is kind of crazy i spent my own money and i would fly to chicago and i would wait in the in the hotel of the, i knew the hotel of where all teams I were tell you, this is very stalkerish hey, this is very this stalkerish. Is very, no question waiting in the hotel I, but i knew i was like right. i had heard stories of like you can meet people at the combine, and you can meet them in the hotel briefly, and just introduce yourself like, face to face. Are the guys like hanging so, around? So too, I would like... I would send reports leading into the combine, and I would I would leave it as I'm going to be in Chicago at the combine. Would love to meet you. Would love to grab a coffee with you. And it it slowly worked, um, and that's how I met Trajan Langdon, who is my boss, who's the general manager of the New Orleans Pelicans. But I met him when he was in Brooklyn as the assistant general manager, and we got we built a relationship. You know, he he was, I think, happy with the work I was doing and, and very, you know, grateful of, of just sending him some things that I think were, were, you know, valuable. And especially being here in Kansas City with the relationships to Kansas, to Mizzou, to Creighton. It's a great hub for college it's basketball. It's a great hub for college basketball. And I uh, he's like, if you're if you're in New York ever, I'd love for you to come by the practice facility. And I, hey, I, I'm I, be I New York this weekend. Exactly. So I, 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 long, like, long story short, I get, I get, um, I get. Uh, there was a, a project I was working on, and actually, it was a job that I had sent me to New York. I was doing some sales like work. Legitimately, you I, I, and I, I go to New York, okay. and I told Trage, I'm like, look, I, I'm gonna be in New York. I, if you're in in town or if you're in your office, I'd love to swing by and and you know just kind of meet you face to face again and and show you some of the work I've done. He's like, absolutely, you know, you should swing by. So I go to Brooklyn and I go suit and tie. I go like it's an interview, which it wasn't an interview. He just wanted me to come by and show me around, show me the practice facility, whatever. And so I go full suit. I yeah, print off. I print off probably. 200 pages of work that I had done like over the year. Like it, was, okay. it was basically like a portfolio of scouting reports, intel reports. I had a free agency report in there of like cap numbers. I had some analytics work that I did. And I just, I was like, I'm going for it. I'm just going to, I'm going to get in front of this guy. And, you know, I, I go and I, I, I meet Trajan at his office. He shows me around. We sit down. I just basically I'm like, look, I, I just wanted to bring this if you if you want it. You know, the, this is some of the work I've done over the years. And he takes it and opens it up. And we don't talk for like 20 to 30 minutes. And he's just reading all this stuff. And he's putting, you know, documents everywhere. And he goes, I really don't know how you haven't been picked up yet as a Midwest scout. And he goes, I, I'll just tell you if, if, if we have something 
I'll, I'll let you know. I, I really mean that, but you should keep trying to do this because you're, you're a great talent evaluator. You know what this job entails. Clearly, you're very thorough. Your work ethic is, is, speaks for itself. Um, let's stay in touch. Keep, keep the, and it was like that, that moment of like, it was like goes back to the rec center of right. Coach A testing me. I think Trajan tested me in a, in a lot of ways. And obviously Trajan was an incredible player himself, Duke legend, Alaskan assassin, you know, really a part of Coach K's great teams at Duke in the late 90s. Um, he's a hero uh, and in he's Durham. Thinking, this guy showed up in New York. Like, <laughs> you're ever in New York sometime exactly. and you're there. It's like, you know, but seriously, that yeah. it showed something. It, it, it might have scared some people. But might, yeah, cool yeah, yeah exactly. Right. But I, again, I, I didn't – I wasn't – I think I had a good balance of not being too aggressive because obviously – now in my role, I hear from a lot of, and I, I try to help and give back now as much as I can. If, right. if there's someone that's interested in, in scouting, and you know, there's GAs that You're are not out there. Not looking showing up in your hotel. Just right. right, there's there's a line. Game. There's a line, and Here you got to have go. a feel, right? You got to have right. a feel and understanding of like how to meet people, how to build, because having relationships is a huge part of the job. It it, it really is, and and that 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 is. Let me tell you, Project One. I'm good with this because this is that sounds like me trying to get in the radio. Yeah, showing up places. Yeah, hey, you know, hey, stop by sometime. Okay, I'll be there tomorrow, and just really stalkerish. Yeah, because you want to do something, and you're not gonna let anyone stop you. Right, and then you think, am I doing too much, or am I not doing enough? And you don't know. Right, but you went after it, and you got it. But you, I mean, to like back to like your how you got to where you are in your career. It all goes back to your passion, right? It all goes back to like and the support what, that your family it, gives it, you to believe it, in you. exactly and. Having to, you know, when I was 21 and you know, even going back to when I was 17, 18 years old, like waiting tables and like t- having to take on some jobs that probably weren't like jobs I wanted to do. Where do you wait tables at, by the way? Uh, let's see. Um, where, where was it? It was at... Uh, it was at Zona Rosa. Oh, really? The Italian... Why can't I think of the name of... Uh, Bravo. Are Bravo you Italian. Bravo? I was a Bravo. Yeah. How long were you at Bravo? About a year and a half. Really? I think it was. You were yeah. a year and a half at Bravo? A year and a half at Bravo. Great. Yeah, it was, it was, I was, was... Wait, waiting tables trying to make some... I, then I was a lifeguard. Uh, I was a lifeguard after that, which... Wait, Where were you wait a lifeguard table. at? Uh, Northland, like... Um, God, it was like back in like the, the Chapel Hill you area. You anybody? Um, one time. One time yeah. I did. One time I did. Yeah. You're out there waiting tables, waiting tables and saving lives, saving trying lives. To make it trying, yeah, like trying to get to my my goal of of you know reaching a job as. A, Why but, did I not know about Bravo for your name? I've lived <laughs> next to Zona Rosa for damn near over two but, decades. I've been over there ordering from you. But Stephen, like going back to like my Mizzou days, 2012 Big 12 tournament, Kansas City. There was the assistant GM of the Golden State Warriors that was sitting next to me before we played in the Big 12 semifinal. And his name is Kirk Lakeup, who's still the assistant gym. Dad Joe Lakeup runs the team. Didn't know who he was. When I was in that moment, I was playing on. I wanted to coach and teach. My both my parents were teachers. I was getting my master's in education. I thought I was going to teach. Like that was my thing. And I meet him. And during like the course of my time with Coach A, and I give Coach A a ton of credit. I would study film even as a walk-on. I would watch a ton of film of our team, of other teams, because in in with my role in 2012. Our scout team, I was the, the the top shooter of every team in our scout team. So when we would, Coach Haith was so good about, you know, preparation where I would be on scout team and I would be the shooter and we would give our varsity squad a look. We would give Phil and Kim and Marcus and usually Marcus and Kim were guarding me all the time, which having all Americans guard you, you learn a lot about, <laughs> about like yourself and how to like fight through some things. And they, you know, they were such elite players, but I had to play a role. And that role was not glamorous. I absolutely loved my role. And we won and everybody prospered because everybody embraced their role and, and, and enhanced their role. They wanted to give to the team. And that's why we were so good. As a scout, your role, you're behind the scenes, which is exactly what my role was at Mizzou. I was completely behind the scenes. So you brought up that Big 12 tournament. How do you, how did we first, do you remember when we first met? That's exactly where we first met. That, so, that, that, I think it was the next day. We we met. So uh, after so this is this is a great story I remember. And I I'll find this picture, but I it was it was you guys were playing Baylor yeah. in yep. the Big Twelve Championship game. We had really good seats next to the uh, tunnel where you guys go in and out, right? Yep. And we would had Kim English on the show a couple of times, so I'd kind of struck up a friendship with him. And I had Richie and Phil. So this is 2012. Yeah. So ten years ago. So then Phil would have been nine. 
and Richie would have been 15. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and Susan was there, and we didn't take the girls because they were too young. And so I think they were there with my, probably with my dad then. And so uh, we're there at the game. Mizzou beats Baylor. It's it's awesome. The streamers and everything coming from the from the rafters. And, and so you guys are walking off after the celebration, and you guys had Big Twelve tournament T-shirts, right? Oh, special. And so we're God. leaning over, and uh, and I and I yell over. I said, I said, Kimmy, Kim, and it's and it's uh, you know, and Kim English comes over with the T-shirt, and I kind of lean back with Richie and Phil. And Susan takes a picture of us leaning back in the tunnel and Kim English holding up the Big 12 uh, T-shirt, tournament T-shirt. And then he gives the T-shirt to Richie and Phil. Like, how cool is that, right? Uh, yeah. But then you're over there, and you, get, and you just go, hey, whatever, Steven St. John. And you come over, and we start talking. Do you remember uh, yeah, that? Absolutely. I, I remember because we were, like, trying to get off the floor. Yeah. And I remember Kim giving you the, the boys the shirt. Yeah. I definitely remember that. And you were kind of there, there were so many. I mean, it was mass chaos oh, with the zoo crazy, fans. It was right? nuts. And I just remember you kind of leaning in between people, and we kind of like high fived each yeah. other. And I like jumped up and I like said something to you. And then yeah, we we went back. But like that, the, oh my gosh, those are See, just I've been incredible for a memories. Time, you I've been listening to you since oh, I was yeah. a little kid. I mean, my, you know, my whole family's you know pro eight ten. Right. right, they're listening all day to no, 810. No, but what did so. you now? So that was the first. So that that was the first memory I have of you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, meeting you. Yep. Obviously. Yep. Um, and so. So, you know, hey, we're, we're, we've been talking about your background in, in basketball, and we'll get to some other things as we go on with, with each episode and, and how you're an NBA scout now with the New Orleans Pelicans. So we'll kind of save that for the next episode yep. and yep. how you made that jump and how now you're, you're, you're with a scout with the New Orleans Pelicans and you're living your, you're living your dream and, and uh, living life as an NBA scout. And so what's your official? You're the you're Midwest scout? Midwest the, scout. It's, it's a college scout. So right. um, like title-wise, it's college scout. But I cover Midwest region, mostly Big Ten, Big 12, or, or usually my, my top two leagues I follow. Valley, obviously, is, is I cover that as well. So, um, But I, I try to see everybody. At the end of the day, I'm going to see all prospects. You go to all these games. Yeah. That's what you do, man. Yep. You're living your dream. And like, th- so this is crazy. So before we run out of time for our first episode, we got to talk about Missouri yep. and Kansas because they're playing to. tomorrow. You're not going to the Missouri Kansas game. I know, right? This, this it's tough. This You're is part going of going to Oklahoma and Arkansas. <laughs> now, how did that happen? So, being in the Midwest, being in Kansas City, I see Mizzou in Kansas all the time. So it's tough. I, I'm, you know, fortunate enough I get to, you know, put a schedule of games together. I see Kansas right away. Usually, I see Mizzou right away. I have Kansas. So you put in the big, schedule together. I put. Let me go to this Missouri <laughs> Kansas game. But before. then, I, you know, I submit that, and and then our uh, our front office, Bryson Graham, who runs our our college department, um, he always is like wanting me to see as much as possible, right. and he has a great feel of like certain games that are maybe better games for me to see to see some guys and so I'm going to see Arkansas who's another team in obviously my region just a short drive from KC and in the SEC so seeing them against Oklahoma big 12 team uh, that I want to see as well um, so it's in Tulsa so it's a, it's an easy drive it's not um, the same time so you'll be able to watch it's not the same time so I'll be able to watch Mizzou Kansas um, but uh, yeah I wish I was there I, I was at Mizzou Kansas last year in Allen Fieldhouse I'm, for that one we won't go there uh, yeah we won't go there that was that was an experience Okay, but. so then, so now we get to see. This is going to be so interesting about this Missouri Kansas game. Yeah, like I try to watch as much as I can. You know, I'm still in football mode. Yep, but I'm yep. watching this Missouri team. It's hard to figure out all the new roster. Right. There's only three players from last Returning. year. New coaching staff and everything else. They've had uh, a, a very light schedule. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest, except mm-hmm. for the the game at Wichita State. We know Kansas is good. They lost plenty for the national championship team, but that's a top 10 team with a Hall of Fame coach. We know they're good. Yep. Is Missouri, what is Missouri? Like, what what do you expect for people that are listening to this podcast are going to watch this game? What do we really expect? Because, like, last year, that was terrible. Right. That's no good. Nobody wants to see that. Right. Except Kansas fans. And I probably, I bet they'd like to see a better game. <laughs> right. You know, so, no kidding. So tell me why this will be a better game. So I think, look, Missouri's undefeated, and you touched on the, 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 the strength of schedule, not great, but it's by design. Um, it's a bunch of newcomers. It's an entirely different roster. They are older. 
they have guys with experience. Uh, they have guys that have won league championships. They have guys. They have multiple guys that have been conference defensive players of the year. Uh, in Des Moines, Hodge and Trey Gomillion. I like Gomillion. Gomillion's uh, Gomillion gives me some. Uh, He's a JT, JT Tiller. Tiller that's right. That's right. You got a guy like a JT Tiller. That's his role. That's his role. Uh, Des Moines Hodge uh, gives me some Cassius Robertson vibes. Okay. Um, elite shooter, three and D guy. Um, I think those guys have been really impressive because they've transitioned smoothly. I like the uh, Renner Award winner Aiden Shaw Aiden, from Kansas City. Aiden Shaw, so athletic, so explosive, so much upside potential. Best athlete on the team by far. Uh, I think he's he's got a chance to really help this team and develop over the course of the year. But who knows where he's going to be in the second year, third year. The sky mm. is the limit for Aiden Shaw. Great kid, too. I know you've had him on your show. I've, I've talked to him several times. Great kid. Proud of him, especially being a Kansas City kid. Um, it's, it's great that he's at Mizzou. You look at Kobe Brown as a returner. Um, picked preseason, first-team All-SEC. He's changed his body. Um, he's had a little bit of a struggle here over the last few games. But if you talk about this team, Stephen, like in the unknown of this team, when they played at Wichita State, I thought that was kind of like their first test. It was their first true road game. And they find a way to win in overtime. They were down in the final four-minute period, and they find a way to tie it and then win it in overtime. And they were one of 16 from three combined Good in check. second half in overtime. I mean, and they score, what, 88 points in that game? They're averaging over 90 a game right now. And I know some of that is against the competition. This team can score. They can shoot it. They play nine guys. I think the rotation, they're deep. Uh, and the guys they bring off the bench, like they have a talented freshman and, and Aiden Shaw coming off the bench. Isaiah Mosley is the key for me. Uh, it goes back to Isaiah because he's been coming off the bench. He's their best shot, shot creator by far. He's their most efficient player by far. Uh, he's excellent in pick and roll. If you talk about when you say, what is this team? They've done what, they've, what they're supposed to do right now, right? They've won every game. They've won on the road. Now it's gut check time where we're going to find out a lot about what this team really is because they play Kansas, which is a huge game, obviously, the rivalry. It's at home. Then they get Illinois. They get bragging rights. Then they get Arkansas to start league play. Then they get Kentucky. It's just one game, big game after the other. They got UCF sprinkled in there as and well. those rivalry games last year, Missouri was not competitive in any At all. And At that, all. And that put Conzo out the door. And so, and I, look, I, you know me, and I'm, I'm like you, like any competitor, you, you, don't, want, you don't want to say, hey, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's at least – uh, good enough to compete to show that they're, they've they've raised a level of competition, but it would be nice to be able to go out there and have good games against those three big opponents and show that they've at least bridged that gap from last year because last year was embarrassing. Well, and think of you know going back to like I, I draw comparisons to Coach A and Dennis Gates of just pace and style of play. It's a much better product. Right, it's fun to watch. They're gonna score. They got guys that can score. Nick Honor and Sean East as point guards have been really good. Nick Honor shooting forty four percent from three. Um, you know, I, I think when you look at Des Moines and Trey and DeAndre Golston, they're bringing Coach Gates' philosophy, identity in terms of what they want the program to be. Can they physically match up with Kansas? I think when you look at Kansas, them being a entire, entirely different team, they're playing small, right? I mean, they're starting KJ Adams at the five. So that's good for Mizzou. So I think that benefits Mizzou, and I think what benefits Mizzou is the depth. I think Kansas can beat Mizzou because of their top four guys. Like Jalen Wilson is playing at an All-American level, 21-9. and Mr. Consistent, more playmaking this year, absolute stud. Uh, he is the best player that's going to probably be on the floor in terms of what he's going to bring, rebounding, scoring, shooting. I think Dewan Harris is one of the best point guards in the country. Dewan always finds a way to win games. The storyline, Isaiah and, and Dewan, right? Being right. Columbia guys and playing together in high school. Dewan's return to Columbia. Dewan's played in all these big, big, you know, moments. Final Four, national champion. Uh, I think had so many moments against North Carolina in the national championship game that won them the national championship in that second half of just how he defends. Probably one of the best assist to turnovers in it ratios in college basketball. So though, the the thing about Kansas, those guys, and then you had Grady Dick who can shoot the the lights out. He's over a forty percent shooter from three six eight. Mizzou's got to guard the three point line. And, in this game. and I, I don't want people to take this the wrong way, but like if if scientists went into the lab and created a guy to look like he would play for Kansas, it would be Grady Dick. They, you just look at him, you don't even know he plays for Kansas. That's right. That's I don't know fair. why I feel that way. That's but fair. Just, you know, right? That's fair. It looks like he looks like Kansas. Right. Uh, Grady, Sunrise Christian Academy, by the way. Uh, Luke Barnwell. He's the stud. highlight program, like big-time program. So Wichita kid, born and raised. So okay. he knows the rivalry. He so knows the rivalry. In this 
I, I don't think there's really much debate here, but I want to get your thoughts on this. This game is so much more important to Missouri than Kansas. For sure. If Kansas For wins, sure. so what? We beat them last year. We're defending national champs. We're supposed to win. Ho-hum. Mm-hmm. If Kansas loses, so what? It's a non-con game. We're defending national champs. We're going to go win the Big 12 now. For Missouri... If Dennis Gates could beat Kansas, mm. the defending national champs, in the first big home game of his, of his, you know, of the regime uh, that he's brought into Mizzou, and the confidence it would build, and all of a sudden you would say, "Oh, Missouri's a tournament team." Right now they're not when now they're ten and zero with a win over Kansas. Mm-hmm. Right, this game is so, and even if they if they're competitive and it's a game in the final five minutes, you you leave and say, okay, this record isn't empty. They're a good team. Maybe they can beat Illinois. Maybe they can beat Arkansas. This is so much more, and I'm not trying to diminish what it means to Kansas, but this is so much more important to this Missouri team for a number of reasons, right? No question. Yeah, I think Kansas, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's a road, it's a big road game. It's a hostile environment. They're going to learn a lot about themselves, well, too. They've done that. They're, they're still, yeah, they're still developing their bench. And, you know, what is MJ Rice? Is he going to help them down the road off the bench? Um, you know, do they have their freshman bigs, you know, step up and play well? I'm, I'm curious to see how that, you know, plays out in this game if, if Bill Self changes some things and, and and just what the the personnel and the rotations look like. But for Missouri, there's no question. They win this game. It's such a feather in the cap for Dennis Gates in terms of, I mean, the guy's undefeated right now in his first year at Mizzou. And we, okay, they haven't played anybody. They beat Wichita State on the road. That might get them ranked if they win That might get them ranked for sure, absolutely. And what would that crowd be like for the UCF game the following Saturday? Wow. My thing is if, if they're competitive and in this game and it's a game late, I still think that's a win. I still think that's a win for the program. And I think fans need to understand this is year one and I'm already happy with what I'm seeing from Coach Gates. I've, I've called you know a few of their games, how he coaches, his usage of timeouts, his ATOs, his ability to draw up plays, uh, how he values analytics, how he values player efficiency rating. All these things I, I really value with what Coach Gates brings. I think he's got a great temperament. I think he's a great teacher. I've been to some practices where I like what he's doing. This is a team that he's put together in a, such a short amount of time. And look, I think Noah Carter is a big piece in this game. You know, of, of, of how, oh, does, how does Kansas match up with Noah Carter and Kobe Brown? Like, I think there's some game plans that game plan strategy that I think Kansas has to answer for too. Like, Mizzou's got a tough test with Dewan of how they're going to, you know, can they force some turnovers? Because Missouri is big on forcing turnovers, getting steals. They average over, you know, 20 assists per game. Missouri takes care of the ball. That's a big part of this game. The transition game, who takes care of the ball, the turnover matchup, that's a big part of this game. But, man, if Mizzou wins this game, it's huge. It's just massive. And and then you look, they got Illinois. Bragging rights, anything can happen. We, you know, and you know, Missouri's not competitive last year, but I think Council Martin did a really good job in the Bragging Rights game. He had some huge wins against Illinois. Illinois win would be massive. Illinois just beat Texas, right? Like, there's some games here where it's all about opportunity. And Missouri's got a chance. If they win some of these games, great. But let's see if they can compete, be in games, because I think that's going to make league play. When you're watching a game in, on a Tuesday in February, you're going to be amped up to watch those games. You know, if they're just going to be competitive in those games, I think they're going to pull some upsets this year. I just think with them, it's like modern day basketball and, and the NFL and what we're seeing in the NFL score like offense you know scoring fast scoring quick give the fans a reason to care exact teams are going to score there's a there's a lot of talent from a college basketball perspective there's a ton of returning talent within an nil world we saw a lot of guys jalen wilson's one terrence shannon's another one in illinois of guys that didn't keep their name in the draft and came back to school then you see the freshman class right now that is in college basketball and the start that a lot of these guys are off to my goodness, I mean, it's across the board, and Grady Dick's one of those. There's a ton of time. Isaiah Mosley is a returner and a transfer. He is a talented, talented kid. I mean, there's so much talent in college basketball. It's a great thing of where the sport is at. I think it's going to make it fun in two leagues like the Big 12 and SEC that are going to be highly competitive. All right, so to wrap this up, and we've got so much more we'll talk about, and we're going to do this podcast a couple of times a month, and then from that point might increase it from there, but as we get, you know, March towards March and March Madness and, and talk about the NBA playoffs and everything that's going to come between now and the summer, 
Uh, tell people again what this podcast is going to be all about. And I know you want to thank our friends at Charlie Hustle. By the way, charliehustle.com or go down to the Plaza location. All these schools we talk about, you get the best gear from Charlie Hustle and represent the team that you love. Yeah, big shout out to, to Chase McNulty and Greg Moore um, over at Charlie Hustle who really saw the vision in this. Uh, they're huge sports fans. They're passionate about Kansas City, just incredible guys, and I think saw the value in what we're going to do. And what we're doing in this podcast is this is a basketball center podcast, right? We're going to focus on all things college basketball with our local schools, but then college basketball across the board. We're going to be talking about the NBA. You know, when we get into NBA playoffs and we get into the my New Orleans Pelicans, they got some big games this weekend against the Suns. We're first in the West, huge matchups, playoff-type environments at Smoothie King. Really fired up about that this weekend. But we're going to cover it all, women's basketball as well. We'll cover, cover AAU. Obviously, we got to talk about transfer portal and NIL. Are there and any all great high school players in Kansas City? High school. We'll talk to them, too. Absolutely. And and, and expect, too, some, some interviews. I'm really looking forward to bringing on coaches and players. Mike and Anderson's got to be the Mike top Anderson of the list. might be at the top of the list. I'm going to talk to him about the elbow he threw into your wrist <laughs> and see if he remembers it the same way. Absolutely. Okay. Got to bring Coach A on. Um, so it, it's going to be a, a ton of fun, and I'm I'm thrilled to be working with you as well. I mean, you're you're the man of KC. Uh, that what you do in this community for one, and then your talent just to be sharing the airwaves with you on a podcast because the hot mic I listen to and it's big time. What I love the hot to... mic. I love the hot mic. I I just it's must must listen pod. Shout out to hot mic. That's right. But um, that's right. It's, on House of Hustle, we're going to dive into a lot of hoops. So this this is where you want to be for basketball. But Ben's laughing because you said a ton of fun. You look over at me. Like, why am I the ton of fun? <laughs> I can be a ton of fun, though, on this podcast and Hot Mike with SSJ. That's right. Well, thank you so much, man, for having me a part of this. You close the show. It's your show, man. Oh, Let's man. Go. See, you, you you had me, you know, intro the show. And this is like, I feel like a fish out of water a little oh, bit. You're but, in the water now. But, hey, we'll, 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 we'll connect here. Uh, we got one more podcast coming uh, before, before the end of the month. So looking forward to talking more about it. We'll break down this Mizzou-Kansas game for sure. But we're also going to dive into some more storylines of just college basketball across the board. We'll get into our our House of Hustle as well, a player with hustle. Uh, we're going to have a, a player of hustle every month. You want to do that right now? Let's, Let's do, do it. That. Let's do the first one right now. Let's do that's it. That's how we'll end the show. That's a great That's a great start. Yeah. Every, every, uh, every month we're going to have a different player you want to highlight. Yep. Who's your House of Hustle Hustler of the Month? So Adidas just signed this kid to an NIL deal. And I think this story, his name's Hansel Emanuel. And I've known this kid for about three years. Um, he is a, a hooper. He's 6'7", one arm. He plays basketball with one arm. Wow. And there's no the dude plays with motor, toughness. You watch him play. And you forget that he's got one arm. I mean, it's in, it's insane what he does with the ball. Um, Where's he I actually, play? I actually saw him in Chicago. Okay. Right now, he's pl- he's playing um, at a Christian academy. Um, so he's he's a he's a senior right now, but he's going to be a freshman um, coming up next fall. And the kid is is super talented. But what's wild is one arm. I mean, like to to be able to have like the ball handling he has, he can shoot the ball. Um, he defends. It's it's really fun to watch. But you talk about. You know, the hustle, the toughness, um, no-excuse type of kid, uh, plays the game the right way. It's really fun to watch, and I, I've just been following him for over the years, and uh, I think he's got a bright future, and he's really talented, and he's gotten a good amount of offers as well. Um, so just a kid that, to keep in your, your, the back of your mind. Um, so we'll, we'll also, we'll, we're, we're always going to highlight guys. Um, you mentioned JT Tiller. Speaking of guys that could hustle and show. guys that could defend and guys guys that did the unselfish things, guys that did the little things that impacted winning, guys that you know were were not a, a, a about themselves. They were about their teams and and they really play a significant role. I mean, I think Dewan Harris, another guy, all about hustle, all about you know the little things that impact winning. Very unselfish, blue collar guy. Doesn't want the you know doesn't want the the exposure or the accolades. He just plays his game and does everything the right way. So that's going to be our, our 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 highlight player with the House of Hustle. Good pick for our first hustler of the month. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, Stephen, thanks. Really, really appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, to our next one. All right, Mike. Until the next one. That's it for the House of Hustle, baby.